welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jen Schwartz. I am your hostess for this podcast that is designed to help those of us with old injuries and even chronic pain thrive with exercise and how we can think smart about fitness so we can be um, engaged with it for the long term. And Think Fit Be Fit podcast is where we love the idea of self-authored fitness. And that's different than the mainstream commercial fitness and advertising of fitness. And that we love the idea that we can thrive by choosing our challenges and having a healthy relationship to our movement. Exercise science is not a perfect science. It's the study of the body's reaction to physical stress which involves an unknown amount of factors and and variables. So if you want to guarantee improvement in your fitness over a sustained period of time, then it's best to think logically and holistically about your fitness. I believe that the best approach is is the result of three things, understanding more about the science, applying logic and strategy to improving the body, your body, and being in the environment that suits you to do this. So credit due to James Clear of the book Atomic Habits for that formula of success. It's not simple. It is a commitment to injury-free exercise, which is a vision for your health. The intricacies of exercise science and much more are on this podcast. And in fact, these new episodes that I am sharing right now are in exact alignment with the first and second guidelines that I just mentioned. Understanding more about the science of your body and how it changes and applying logic and strategy to improving the body. So once you have the science, you can then apply the logic. And the tools to self-author your fitness are in my course Movement Pathways online or live March 6th at Local Motion Project in Alexandria, Virginia, localmotionproject.org to sign up. I mentioned last week that we must be more vigilant about what we feed our body. That's information we feed about our body. That's from our phone. That's from our reading it is the professionals that we choose to keep around us i wanted to add that the path of conventional thinking about our body is a path that will stick us with the ageist view on pain and that it's almost impossible to thrive with old injuries in other words i don't want to see myself and this generation of active people have the same terrible attitude about fitness and aging as our parents do and did. We must have another option on how to view the body. And this episode is one of the tools that I use to teach this concept. And it's something that I make sure that my long-term clients consistently use. And that includes myself, who I do have old injuries to deal with. So people with diminishing strength tight muscles and achy joints need to be here for this podcast episode. I've been teaching this concept to athletes and clients for a decade and I'm putting it in the solo cast in a short and sweet format so that if you are my client you can be 
engaged at a deeper level or if you're new to this way of thinking and doing fitness you have a tool that is so useful and so helpful I'm gonna get into that in a second uh, so the title for today the most useful type of exercise is all about a particular type of exercise of course but it is also a category of muscle contraction it is also a skill that can be used in the gym or sports and a research proven way to decrease pain in and around muscles and tendons as well as help and heal help and heal help heal and grow bone <laughs> we will dive into this concept with definitions, a little bit of muscle physiology, examples of this, how it applies into the real world and the gym, the real gym time, and the importance of using this category of exercise as a way to develop a skill that will impact every type of exercise that you do and help you manage chronic injury or prevent injury altogether. These are isometrics. <clears throat> To understand isometrics, we have to understand that muscles have a plethora of firing patterns and behaviors, and that they also have an infinite amount of synergies between them. We are not able to count how many synergies muscles fire and contract to keep us breathing. They keep our eyes on the horizon, and of course, they are vital for our exercise habits and to make sure we are even fit enough to have sex and run from zombies and stay alive. So our muscles are doing it all. And just take a moment to appreciate that and perhaps not roll your eyes at that silly blanket statement, but just to appreciate what these things are doing for you and your vessel and each and every moment during every single day. <laughs> I brought out the anatomy and physiology textbook for this episode and I wanted to just read what isometrics are. So quote from an AP textbook of um, Rice University Online, the force generated by the contraction of the muscle or shortening of the sarcomeres is called muscle tension. However, muscle tension is also generated when the muscle is contracting against a load that does not move resulting in two main types of skeletal muscle contractions, isotonic contractions and isometric contractions. And just a side note, isotonic is the type of contraction that results in movement of bones. Isometric does not result in the movement of bones. Back to the textbook. An isometric contraction occurs as the muscle produces tension without changing the angle of a skeletal joint. Isometric contractions involve sarcomere shortening and increasing muscle tension, but do not move a load, as the force produced cannot overcome the resistance provided by the load. Okay, the specific type of isometric that I teach is called a low-grade isometric, so which in my own words is a controlled substance along this muscle contraction continuum. So, muscles have a continuum of how they contract, and I will say deactivate or offload, and they have an infinite amount of synergies in order to do this. So, this is a controlled substance along that continuum because we are in full control of these isometric contractions and exercises, and back to that textbook where um, I would also say that <clears throat> isometric contractions are also medicinal 
and safe to use in a multitude of different angles and different ways. Back to that textbook. Any everyday living in everyday living, isometrics contra- isometric contractions are active in maintaining posture and maintaining bone and joint stability. However, holding your head up in an upright position occurs not because the muscles cannot move the head, but because the goal is to remain stationary and not produce movement. Most actions of the body are the result of a combination of isotonic and isometric contractions working together to produce a wide range of outcomes. Okay, let's close that book. So this is um, important because you have to understand that there are um, basic physiology uh, concepts between all these muscle contractions, but that they are different. So now to the super level bonus knowledge that I wanted to throw in here because um, it doesn't matter. Uh, to that, So the, the knowledge is that muscle contractions can be measured in hertz. This is only important to grasp that connecting the mind to the muscle during movement is a very real thing and that you can feel it happening. In fact, this is the very sensation I am trying to teach in every session. It is, it's, it's also simple and delicate, which is not something we um, I don't, associate with exercise that is building bone, healing injury, helping injury. It's delicate, simple, it's pain-free for the 90 95% of the time. Muscle contractions can be measured in hertz. Okay, so like sound and electricity, they have a force-frequency relationship. I believe the the first documented case with muscles was in the 1950s and achieved with a stethoscope. So listening to muscles through a stethoscope. There's a broad range of frequencies that orchestrate how long and how hard to contract a muscle. This broad range includes how muscles activate, deactivate, and change their frequency in milliseconds. Here's an analogy to ponder the sophistication of this system that we're talking about, which is the neuromuscular system and how the muscles fire or sequence to fire. Think of the firing patterns as an orchestra finding their tune and that a group of muscles contracting are an orchestra playing notes, multiple instruments playing notes. And how long the muscle is maintained, how long that note is maintained and how powerful that note is. And how that's determined by the stimulus and the response of the various areas of orchestration. So. In our music analogy, that's the instruments and the conductor. In our muscles, this is the brain and the various muscle innervations or the various like divisions of muscles all working together to sustain a contraction or a note. <clears throat> then, yeah, so it's the outcome Uh, is influenced from an infinite amount of variables in this analogy. So both 
the musical note depends on each and every individual in the orchestra and the influences uh, depend on you know each the discipline of each person in the orchestra so very similar for the muscles and where we are focusing our effort is the intensity of the notes that we are playing I hope that wasn't too abstract because I know that Americans don't have the capacity to appreciate these unseen and heard motions of the body. And this is a this is a huge one. I'd like to believe that bringing this up and into your attention is a way to deepen your relationship to exercise. While you are exercising, this means there is a potential for something more engaging, a spark to make all the things work better together. And again, just a nod to exercise being more meaningful and deep and therefore more effective. Excuse me. Three reasons why you would want to use isometrics. Okay, this is our last bit before I share some tips on how to use these and the one of my favorite reason to use isometrics is for healthy bones and muscles and uh, the way that I'm going to show you the importance is through the work NASA has done with isometrics and What's even been being done currently in the space space <laughs> that is uh, for astronauts being able to maintain their body tissue, their body weight, their muscle weight while they're in a gravity less environment. So NASA has done research on isometrics for decades, and that's because they have bone building ca- uh, capabilities. That's huge. And this is something I have a little bit of experience with even on the space side of things even on the NASA side of things besides using isometrics every single day in my practice I worked very briefly on a isometric exercise device that was going to be used for a SpaceX contract and for Mars essentially for a space station to Mars the aerospace engineer that we were working with sat us down and explained to my colleague and I that pharmaceutical bone building agents or medicines are so bad at building bone. And this was one of their biggest problems because they need exercise that's going to work in gravity-free environments. They reviewed the research and worked with orthopedics at George Washington Hospital in DC on these bone building, on researching bone building pharmaceuticals. And these are the things that our mothers are receiving for osteoporosis. So this does have extremely relevant information coming through. I'll just say this, these medicines are a racket. They do anything but help. They are supposed to signal your body to build bone, but they don't build it in the right place or they weaken the bone altogether by 
putting bone where it doesn't belong, <laughs> like a bone spur. And they also have been shown to increase the risk of injury and heightened pain sensitivity. So it takes away your ability to exercise too. This is so dumb. This is from years of research and real world use of these medications. Um, they're, they're just complete garbage. If there is hope for pharmaceuticals to build bone, NASA would have been studying it for astronauts, plain and simple. What does, it, what does work for bone building and muscle building with limited resources and gravity is isometric exercise. Huge. So that's number one. And side note, I should do a whole podcast episode because every female needs to know how important it is to lift weights and maintain healthy bone. And doing isometrics to do this is good for your health now and your body composition now <laughs> and in the future. So next reason, isometrics can, can reduce pain in joints and muscles. Boom. Isometric strength training has been shown to help multiple aspects of fitness and endurance. I've seen this firsthand and it happens almost every single day that I'm working, which is five to six days a week. So that's a huge one and that's why they are in my program, Movement Pathways. Isometric strength training has been shown to help multiple aspects of fitness and endurance, yes, for the runners. It has even been shown to increase bone density, again, increase bone density. There's a download in the show notes that has a list of research-backed benefits. I encourage you to give it a click. It's really quick, one-page thingy. How I use isometrics in every single warm-up and that I prescribe for myself and do myself and for my clients is uh, a technique called low-grade isometrics. So these are how I use them on the day-to-day. And they stand out as very helpful and very powerful for strengthening weakened areas. They stand out from other isometrics because they are, they are um, low grade, meaning less effort. And they are basically 20 to 30% of the highest effort of you, volitionary muscle control. So... Think about what it means to contract 100% and then what it means to contract 20% of that. So if our muscles contracted fully all at once, that would throw us across the room like an electric shock, like getting struck by lightning that causes an electrical response by your muscles and your body literally throws you across the room. I'm only saying this so you can picture the amount of variation in an isometric exercise and increasing the muscle connectivity, the electrical component, back to this electrical thing. And and we're going to finish this up here with just tips for using these. To really get deeper into this, you'll have to be a student of mine, a client of mine, or um, maybe I share some of this stuff on Instagram, but I, I think it's too deep and too important for one minute. 
of social media. Anyways, tips for using these. Think of them as practicing a motion you have trouble with and contracting in that position. Okay. Think of a motion that you have trouble with, like a squat. And then you go down into the squat where you have trouble and you do isometric contractions in various areas because it is a full body exercise. And that's your warm up. That's the isometric application. Very simple, less than a minute. Actually, it's about 30 seconds. Think of, here's our next tip. Think of the goal of each isometric is to own the movement. This can apply to a warm up, an injured area, or even an area that feels tight. For example, injured tendons can feel better in moments after using isometrics. So this has to do with the knee and the ankle and the elbow for sure, if not other areas. But uh, research has proven over and over again that those three areas of tendonitis can benefit greatly from isometrics and immediately from them. Okay, so the hack that I advise people to do is to replace all stretching with isometric position holding and see what that does for their workouts and their pain. This would be a two-week experiment, I would say, to get a good idea of how powerful these things are. And then once you feel a little bit of the results, you can build on that, but it doesn't take much. And another tip, almost done here, isometrics require focus. Not everyone can do this. This is the hardest part of the whole exercise, but the rewards are just certainly worth it. If you want to discover what targeted training for weak areas can do for your body, spend time on the focus portion of this. Make it mindful, make it meditative and focused. That's my tip for you. The last tip is inspired from the fact that isometrics can help all aspects of flexibility without a single stretch and that they can help elements of agility and power without um, without much time, in less than a minute. This has been shown in research and in various case studies. And of course, my anecdotal experience that I keep mentioning this might be because we are able to access more resources from the muscles immediately. The muscle has a more robust contraction and therefore more power, more caloric expense, and more range of motion. That second one, caloric expense, is what I tell females who drop in on my Instagram and say, oh, how do you, do you get that body, this and that? I'm like, isometrics start with that so that every exercise you do has a higher calorie expense meaning your muscles are doing more work and that means they can build more you can push more and you know you can build it's all about the muscle <laughs> and getting the most out of it so now to learn more about this and be an in-depth uh, student and connecting with your exercise, we <clears throat> go, the Movement Pathways course is for you. This is who I designed it for. This is why I designed it. I was tired of holding all these like secrets into my practice. So 
I put it all online and in the live course, which will be March 6th in Alexandria, Virginia. So the goals for the Movement Pathways student are improving the quality of any exercise that you do and priming the focus of your movement and effort. There is nothing more important for overall exercise performance than controlling your body. It's a huge component of this uh, workshop course, rather. And then refining the warm-up will improve the exercise benefits to the brain and the muscle and the physiology of how you exercise. So the show links have Local Motion Project, has the download for uh, isometric benefits, and of course, how to register for Movement Pathways on my site. Thank you so much for tuning in to these wonderful episodes that I did not make shorter this time, but hey, it's the best I can do. Have a great afternoon or day. Bye.